This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. He is our solid rock, and as the choir sang this morning, from his cross he filled the earth with hope. What a testimony. But we need hope because life can bring all kinds of trouble. And no one knew that better than Job. So let's turn to the book of Job. Again, we're going to be in the third chapter, Job chapter 3. Last week, we started at the beginning of this chapter looking at thoughts that we can have when we suffer. But those teachings from Job 3 also show us what not to think when trouble comes. There are some things that we should think. There are some things that we should not think. The Lord says this, I will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on me. What does that tell us? What you think influences not only what you do, but how you go forward in life. Because of wrong thoughts, people have quit. Because of wrong thoughts, there are those that have ended their lives. Not in the will of God. God doesn't allow any of those things to happen for us to run from Him. You need to remember that. He doesn't allow those things in our lives so that we abandon Him or that we turn someplace else for help. All that is intended to draw us to Himself. His name is a strong tower. Those who run therein find help. The Lord is a strength and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. And so we learn from Job 3, the first thing not to think is that it would have been better if I had never been born. Who gave you life? Who gave it to you? Come on, talk to me. God did. You didn't produce that. Your parents didn't produce that. God is the life giver. And so when you say in your heart, it would have been better if I had not been born, God, you messed up. When you made me, you had a bad day. God has never had a bad day. He's never messed up. Everything he does is good and right. We'll say more again about that when we conclude the message this morning. But we are tempted to think it would have been better if I had never been born. Some think death is better than living. Again, the Lord who made life holds the appointment book. He decided on your birthday. And he'll decide when you leave this earth for eternity. He's in control of all that. Well, death is better than living. For those who know Christ and dedicate their lives to Him, yes, death is just a valley where we step into the Lord's presence. 
He has already determined that. We need to trust him in that. And it was the Apostle Paul that said, It's needful I stay with you Corinthians, but if the Lord took me, that would be far better. So in that sense, yes, death is better than life. Christians don't die. Jesus said, He that liveth and believeth in me will never die. When this body stops working, we step into the presence of God. What a wonderful truth. Jesus tasted death for every man, and when we put our trust in him, we won't have to taste death. We'll just go right into his presence. So is death better than living? Not for those who don't know the Lord. If they try to end their lives, whatever they were facing here was much better than whatever they're going to face out there if they don't know Christ. Job then expresses his final thoughts in this question. And so on the slides, again, I want you to go to the next one. I want you to see the first, uh, the, again, it would have been better if I had never been born. Death is better than living. But here's the third thought that Job had, and this is where we're going to spend our time today. Why does God give life to those he knows will have miserable lives? Let me quote that again. Why does God give life to those he knows will have miserable lives? Now this is something that we all grapple with. Pastor Ned talked about earlier, those who are born and never hear the gospel. Well, is God fair? It, it, you know, how, how can God judge them for their sins? By the way, the scripture answers all that. But you and I have known people that were born and their entire life was trouble until their life ended. And it's easy for this feeble, limited flesh to think, God, what was that? Now, first of all, we need to remember he is on an old other level than we are. That's his holiness. He says, my ways are higher than your ways. And then he says in, in Romans through the apostle Paul, who are you to question? That's a good question. You always need to put a check in your soul when God allows something or God does something and you stand in the bleachers and judge of that. Who are you? Who am I? So faith says, I trust God implicitly because God can be trusted implicitly. But why does God give life to those he knows will have miserable lives? This is what Job asks. Now this is the first time we see Job moving away from faith in God to doubting God. Now how do we know that he's doubting God? Look down at verse 23 and you'll have your answer and we'll come back to this in a moment why is light given to a man whose way is hid and whom God hath hedged in in other words he's having trouble and God won't let him away from it God won't let him out he's hedged him in all right so Job is thinking God what about this and he's pointing blame cause reason for this pointing it to God. So look at verse 20 now. Here's where we'll pick up in the text. Wherefore or why is light given to him that is in misery and life unto the bitter in soul? 
Now, verse 20 is a very important verse in our Bible. This, in fact, is the key verse for those who suffer. Why? Well, Job here puts light and life together. Only man, made in God's image, can do this. Why? Well, let me just quote for you John 1, 4, where the Holy Spirit puts it together. Here's what John 1, 4 says, In him, Jesus, who's the word, the logos, in him was life, and that life, that life, the life, was the light of men, the light in man. We're made in God's image. We were made by God. You and I have his breath. That's why we're eternal. You're not going to cease to exist. God leaned down, made Adam out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into him the breath of life, and he became a living and an eternal soul. Nobody's going to quench your life. You're going to spend somewhere forever, and so will I. However, when he breathed into Adam, he breathed into him not only life, but light. Perhaps one of the best examples of this in nature is electricity. Think about it, there's power there, there's life there. It can power all kinds of things, but can electricity give light? Don't stand outside under a tree in a lightning storm, okay? Uh, because it might lighten everything, but it may zap you. It's, it's all there, and the same God who made the lightning, He made you. Life, and in that life, in your life, is light. So Jesus, who created every life, gives each human, listen, the conscious illumination to be able to discern God and spiritual truth. That's how come I can stand here this morning, speak to you, and if you have a heart to know God and what He wants and what He has said, He's illuminating you to be able to understand. Adam Clark said this, that light which could guide men to heaven. Isn't that amazing? So your life is the light of men. Illumination, consciousness. This light allows us process, or allows us to be able to process our misery and try to discern why. When something happens to you, I am quite certain that in your ability to discern and think, you're wondering, what's this about? Now, sometimes uh, this uh, happens with us where we do understand why. So I remember very clearly, and I've got a scar right here to prove it. One day there had a branch down, and I was using a handsaw, okay, I was holding the branch like this, and I'm cutting. And a fraction before that saw did what I didn't want it to do, I think it was the Holy Spirit that said, Mike, you need to move your hand. I didn't move my hand. And that saw slipped, and mm, 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 mm. Now, cause and effect, I had the ability, the light God gave me to say, you dummy, you should have listened to me. Right? Now, that's not what he said. That's what I was thinking. Move your hand. Okay, that's, that's discernible. But then there are other things that can happen. 
You've got a green light and you're going through an intersection and all of a sudden, out of nowhere comes this other car. And you know you have a green light. And he makes it, makes it that you need a new car. Okay? Um, Lord, I had places to go. Uh, th this car is, is like new. It's, it's all I've got. Lord, why did I have to be in that intersection while he was on his cell phone? Do you have an answer for that? No. But you are made in God's image so you can process and try to get your mind about, around what just happened. Now here's what's important from the text. Many times we can discern why. Uh, many times we cannot discern why. But it's the latter of these that can make me, look at verse 20 again, bitter in soul. Turn my questions into accusations and doubts about God and his justice. This is giving in to, let's go back to what John said, John chapter 1. Uh, in him was life, and the life was the light of man. And that light shined in the darkness, and the darkness couldn't comprehend it. Why? Because unless in our reasoning, our ability to uh, try to reason through things, unless we know the light of the world, unless we yield ourselves to God, here's, here's the issue. You're going to turn to the darkness to try to figure out what's going on, and there's no help there. There's none whatsoever. By the way, that's why we live in a suicidal world, because people are looking to, for answers, and they're going to people that supposedly have answers, and it's just more darkness. And so they give up hope. That's the reality here. And even for a Christian, bitterness can creep into our hearts if we give in to the darkness. So your doubt and fear will never accurately explain your circumstances. Only your trust in God can do that as you turn to Him, the light, in faith and trust who he is, and what he has said. That's the only way you're going to get answers. And those answers will require that you simply trust him. One of the main themes of the book of Job is this. God wants you to trust him when you cannot see. Trust the light when the way is dark. Is it that simple, Pastor? It's all you got. You were made in God's image, but you're not a God. You are not all-knowing. And oh, by the way, not only is it all that you have, it's all that you need. Though your flesh is going to scream, want to get better, want to question, say, why is this happening to me? You need to trust God. His, his person is the rock on which our anchor will hold. So let's listen in as Job, who has life from God, tries to use his discernment from God without turning to God. Look at verse 21. 
which long for, these people that are suffering and hurting, which long for, they wait for death, but it comes not, and they dig for it more than for hid treasures. Verse 22, which rejoice exceedingly and are glad when they can find the grave. Now, there's a problem here. Job has not found the grave. How can he even say that? How does he know that? Again, that's the desperation of his flesh talking. This is not of God. And your flesh can lead you down that road, but it's not the answer. So verses 21 and 22 reveal from a godly man how a person can easily turn to death in the grave as the glad answer to earth's problems. This also reminds us of how easily even suicide, which is self-murder, can enter our thoughts. And so this brings us to an important truth in the book of Job. I'll repeat it again. Talking about our problems is not the answer. Well, just talk it out. Well, talking may help, but it may not. Talking about our problems is not the answer. Talking to God about our problems in faith is the answer. That's the answer. Talking to others will only help if they direct us to God and what He has said. By the way, in Job, God makes that very clear. After these friends rattle on and on and on and on, God helps Job, and then he says to Job, now you sacrifice for those friends because they spoke that which was not true of me. So talking to others will only help if they direct us to God and what he has said. And oh, by the way, go with your friend to God if they're struggling. We, we have bought into this thing that, that we're so smart that we can just talk th people through any problem. If you're going to God's word, yes, you can help them. But none of those sessions should ever happen without the two of you getting on your face before God and just talking to the Lord. And by the way, that is God's solution according to Philippians 4. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your, your, your request be made known unto God. And what's God's answer? Peace that passes all understanding. It's wonderful. I am so thankful I know the Lord. I can face a fiery trial. Go to the Lord. Pray to Him. Get off my knees, having the burden lifted, peace in my heart whether I think the problem's been resolved or not. And oh, by the way, you can go to your Bible and look at example after example after example when the odds were against somebody and they just went to God. And what did God do? He delivered. Did they know that's what he was going to do? Not the details, just the deliverance. I love looking back at the Hebrew princes in Babylon. We don't know where Daniel's at, but there are these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're his friends. And the king makes this statue, and he makes this decree. Everybody needs to bow down and worship before this statue of me. What an arrogant guy. 
But there are three Hebrew children that said, nope. The king gets so angry, he pulls them in front of the king. They've got an audience with the king, and here's what they tell him. We're not going to bow down to your statue. We know our God can deliver us, but even if he chooses not to, we're not bowing down. The king is so furious that he has those furnaces raised to a temperature that when his, and these are the best guys in his army, when they get close, they self-combust. That's hot. They die, which leads me to believe that either they were tossing these Hebrew children, these princes, into the fire when the heat, when the heat got them, or that they died and the guys just walked in there. It's a question we can wait for heaven to ask. But anyway, is God able to deliver? These guys are walking around in this furnace. Now, what if the Lord had chosen not to deliver them? Remember, they, they would have been delivered. They would have been delivered. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. But God chose to deliver them another way. In fact, Jesus came down and he walked with them in the flames. That's God. That's your, he is your And so we've got to be careful about talking about problems and not talking to God about the problems. And if we choose to just talk about the problems, verse 23, why is light given to a man whose way is hid? He can't see what the future holds based on his present experiences and whom God hath hedged in. God's preventing a person from escaping his or her current misery. Verse 24, for my sign cometh before I eat. Uh, again, perhaps in his anguish here, this is speaking that Job, uh, because of his disease and his circumstances, was presented or, or prevented from eating. He says, my roarings are poured out like waters. The turmoil in his heart feels like a rushing river that cannot be stopped. And if you're thinking, well, that sounds unspiritual. Well, he's not focused on God like he needs to, but he's got company in the Bible. Jeremiah said similar things. Listen to the words of the psalmist, Psalm 42 and verse 7. Deep cries unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. God, what you're allowing to be poured out on me. All thy ways and thy billows have gone over me, the psalmist said. Something that we all can face. Then Job says, and I'm paraphrasing, we'll look at verse 25. I knew it. I knew it was all too good to be true. I knew it. I knew my life was going to fall apart eventually. A lot of us can relate to Eeyore. Thanks for noticing me. I knew. Have you ever met a Christian like that? I have. Let me make a confession. Sometimes I've been that Christian. I was all going pretty well, just waiting for the other shoe to drop. 
That is the flesh. That is not the Spirit of God. Verse 25, for the thing which I greatly feared, it came upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Now, did Job really know? No. He's looking back. He didn't know, but that's his spirit at this point. As we come to the last verse, some believe, me included, that Job is making these statements as questions, and I think the original language lends to that. Verse 26, was I not in safety? In other words, didn't I have rest? Didn't I have quiet? Yet trouble came. Job is asking, what caused this to happen to me? Some also have wondered if verse 26 was the open question that Job's friends try to answer. They pounce on this when he says that. Was I not in safety? Yet trouble came. Why? And so these guys that are looking at Job, for seven days they sat in front of him, and what they're seeing so overwhelms them they can't even open their mouths. This friend is hurting. What could have caused this? They're asking the same questions. And then when Job makes this question, verse 26, now they feel like they need to answer. But here's what we discover. They didn't know either. They thought they did. Pride came in. They thought they knew the answer. They didn't know the answer. So what caused this to happen, Job is saying, when I was safe and at rest? Well, Job and his friends thought he needed and deserved an answer. The end of the book reveals God thought otherwise. The major theme of Job is communicate with God when you can't comprehend your life right now. I'll say it again. Communicate with God when you can't comprehend your life right now. Job and his friends will take chapters to talk about life, talk about God, but no one stops to say, let's talk to God. Ultimately, Job was asking, why does God give life to those? He knows we'll have miserable lives. Well, the answer is, that with life comes his light to know him and discern that he loves you. As all-knowing, all-powerful creator, God, he has a grip on your life for good. Ultimately, he proves his power and love. He proved it by sending his son to die for you and deliver you from all that is broken and hurtful here and to give you an eternity of peace and rest. To despair when trouble comes is to be in a place where you are so focused on right now you can't see that your existence is eternal. Eternal. God didn't make you to be a being that just experiences now. He gave you the ability through his life and through his light to experience eternity, eternal life with him. Oh, by the way, he uses misery to bring you unto himself. If everything went the way you wanted it to, you would never look to God. And he knows that about you better than you know that about you. Now, in the last two messages, God has brought us through Job. And he's taught us what not to think when trouble 
comes. It would have been better if I had never been born. Death is better than living. Or we're tempted to ask the question, why does God give life to those he knows will have miserable lives? The answer is, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Your circumstances right now are able to remind you you are a perishing person. You are a dying person, but for the intervention of Christ. That's what this tells us. We have these phones and these apps. And I don't know what your phone tells you, but I know what my phone tells me. I've got an app for a local uh, news station where it tells me every time there's breaking news, somebody's getting shot somewhere. It happens all the time. Hampton Roads, the various cities here. Why? Because this is a sinful earth where we're under the curse of sin. It's broken and people are dying. And I have another. <laughs> My phone is connected in with another uh, uh, device, which is with the city of Chesapeake, where every time somebody needs a death notification or they find someone whose life has ended, my phone goes off. And as the second command chaplain for our city, it's my job now to make sure that a pastor gets there to try to help this family. And my phone goes off all the time. You say, Pastor, does that wear you down? No. No. They are hurting people all over, and there are many times that I'm hurting, but I know God. And by the way, church family, you know God. The life giver, the life sustainer. And whatever Satan does here, he just propels the plan of God forward. So let your hardship drive you to the loving heart of God and then pour out your heart to him. A Christian, you're indwelt by the light of the world. And his light compels you to go to the throne of grace to help, get help in time of need. Is this what you are doing? Or are you turning to the darkness to figure out your negative circumstances? And I believe this morning, God would have each of us as a Christian to ask that question. Where do I turn when things really go bad? Where do I turn? You need to turn to the Lord. Is your heart questioning if you should have been born? If death is better than living? Will you surrender today your thoughts to God's perfect will for you? Some of you listening to my voice don't know Christ as Savior. In fact, perhaps even up to today, you thought you had to figure it out yourself. Well, you'll face the trouble that is the result of living on a planet cursed by sin. All the trouble and hurt is a reminder that Jesus wants to save you from your sin, have a wonderful relationship with you, and spend eternity with you in his perfect heaven. And this all right now is just a vapor. It's here and gone. But this life is preparation for your eternal address, wherever that's going to be, 
God wants you to be with him in heaven. And oh, by the way, there are some here, you've been raised in a Christian home, but you've never trusted Christ as Savior. You talk the talk, you want people to think you are, but you're not saved. Your life proves it. There's never been a time when you've repented of your sin and invited Christ to save you. Your reasoning and whatever is causing you not to follow the Lord in salvation, you need to just push that aside and you need to run to Jesus. Will you give him your heart today? Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Father, work now in this invitation. There are thoughts that we can think when trouble comes, but they're not from you. Lord, the thoughts we should think is that there is a God who stands ready to meet us in our weakness, in our sinfulness. Lord, if we'll come and agree with you and confess our sin, you'll forgive us, you clean us up, you heal us. Lord, you want to save us. And so work now in this invitation. God, if there are Christians whose thoughts need to be brought into harmony with your thoughts, instead of questioning, they need to start trusting. Lord, help them to kneel before you today. and Just give those thoughts up to you and then embrace the truth that you're God, you're in control. And Lord, you've got this. You're going to see them through it. You've promised to supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. And then, Lord, if there's someone unsaved here today, doesn't matter their religious background, doesn't matter what people think about them, they need to focus on what God knows them to be, whether they're saved or lost. And today they need to give their hearts to you. They have light, and if they'll put their faith in the light of the world, Lord, you'll, you'll open their eyes. You'll help them to see. So do that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.